I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Helm. Welcome to Connections. Today's guest was a teacher in inner city of Minneapolis for 32 years. He's now retired and dedicated to healing homeless, poor, and disadvantaged youth. He's actually been doing this since the 1960s on a part-time basis. Now that he's retired, he's working full-time at it. As you can imagine, he's seen and overcome a lot in over 50 years of this work. He'll share those stories and his passion today on Connections. Today's guest is Alan Law. He was a teacher for over 30 years, but also in the 1960s, he started an important organization to help disadvantaged youth. How did you get into, first of all, teaching? And, and tell us about that teaching career of yours. I taught school grade four years in the inner city of Minneapolis, um, sixth grade for 28 years. And actually, it started the first day in 1967. Um I saw the kids when I first met my first group and so forth, and I saw the level of poverty, and I was beyond surprised. And uh, so I started the program right away, and saw, saw all these young people that um, wouldn't, they really didn't have an opportunity to do a lot of things, everything from roller skating to science museum and so forth. And so uh, I started, you know, not just my class, but kids within the school. And then it continued on. It continued on. Um, you know, the cousins and friends in the neighborhood, other other classes, and so forth. And so, whereas ninety nine percent of the teachers, when the day was over, they were back home. And there I am with my class full, with my after school program. So basically, that's um, that's the way it's been. So it's almost like I had. Always had two jobs. One is to teach school, and the other is to uh, work with young people after school. And this started in 1960, or 19. Um, originally, it started in 1967, and then um, up until about three, four years ago, I was with young people after school in the evening and whatever. And then uh, I realized that that wouldn't be possible to continue doing that and bringing food to 2,500 or 3,000 people every day. And now, Alan, you're retired, and that's allowed you to go full-time in that. Alan, tell us what that's been like. Well, I retired from teaching in 1999, and then I decided, even though I'd been, you know, for 32 years up until then, 31, you know, I've uh, worked in the community and so forth, then I decided to spend every night, every night, the entire night on the streets. And um, basically that's it, except when I had cancer surgery um, six years ago. Other than that, I've been on the streets every day, every night, and uh, until recently when I was diagnosed with cancer for the third time in six years, up until then um, it was like 19, 20 hours every day, no days off, and basically that's it. So despite a cancer diagnosis, you continued to go out night after night. Why? Well, it's, it's, I always joke thinking that I, I tell people, I says it must be my obsessive, my obsessive personality. Can, my, I'm so, I'm so, so excuse me, and I've always been that way. Uh, I have compassion that beyond whatever. And as I said, it's, it's been that way since I was, you know, 10, 12, 13 years old. I just had this real strong compassion to help people. And I am a Christian, but it's not a religious program. And we are a nonprofit with no salaries, no deferred compensation, no expense account. We have no building. 
I live in my apartment, which is just a, a suburb of Minneapolis. It's just 10 blocks from Minneapolis, so you couldn't tell the difference between Minneapolis and, and the abandoned the suburb I live in. And I have 17 freezers in my apartment. Each one holds about 900, 950 sandwiches. And in addition, I rent nine storage rooms at public storage, which is kind of crazy. And my goal is to cut it down to four by March 1st, because that's, that's a lot of money. How do you get the funding to do all this? Well, this is really kind of strange, too, uh, kind of unusual, that uh, I don't ask for money. In other words, when I go out uh, last year, 350 sandwiches, 350 churches made sandwiches for me, and they all want me to go out and thank the group and so forth. And uh, 130 schools, 130 businesses. And uh, for, as I said, uh, last year it was uh, 850,000 sandwiches. And despite the fact uh, of all the different activities, I mean, the different churches and so forth, I've never, never uh, been thanking the group, never said, please write a check. And I used to tell people, uh, well, I truly believe that God provides what I need, and we don't have anything special as far as not even a building, a location. And so I don't have to pay for the food. Last year it was 350,000 energy bars. Um, most of that was donated, 7,000 pair of socks. Uh, this year it will be close to 3,000 blankets. And these are things that uh, I provide to other organizations. To help them. I bring sandwiches to Salvation Army in Minneapolis, 500 every day. And if I didn't bring sandwiches, they wouldn't have any food to eat because, um, they don't really, the only people getting food now at, at the Salvation Army is those that are paying 70, 80, $90 a day and they to get three meals. But other than that, the people coming in, the real poor receive nothing as far as food from Salvation Army. So, I bring, as I said, 500. I was there this morning, I don't know, 4 o'clock, 3.30, uh, with, with pizzas, sandwiches, and um, uh, I haven't slept yet. I just came in this morning and laid down and rested for about 10, 15 minutes, and this is, this is my life. This is what I do. What has the response been like from the community that you are helping? Um, you've obviously been doing this for years. You probably have built some relationships with some of the people that are out on the streets. Oh, absolutely. It's like one of the things that people always say, how do you keep going? How do you keep going? Remember, it was a couple of years ago, the windshield was like 42, 43 below the windshield. And I had called, just, oh, you're not going out tonight, are you? You're not going out. I said, no, no, you're not. Not till I find my other shoe. Where is that shoe? Where is that shoe? And so one of the things that keeps me going is that the number of people, I mean, I may be at a gas station, gas or something, and all of a sudden someone gets on the bus, gets off the bus and runs over, and, you know, and very often there was someone that we were friends with or met or whatever, and usually commented, God, this is Mr. Law. You know, call me Mr. Law, nobody even knows my first name because being that I was a teacher, um, Mr. Law, in fact, my board, it's always Mr. Law, and one of my board members is Frankie Richardson. I was in fifth grade teacher and she's 62 years old now. And Dennis and they're 16, 16, 15, almost 59, so these people in the community. But uh, so some of them will run up to me, for example, and say, yeah, this is Mr. Long. We 
first came to Minneapolis, he helped me, helped me find work, helped, helped make sure the kids were settled in school. And now we have, you know, we have our own apartment. I work two jobs, and that's what it is. It's helping people to help themselves. How does that make you feel when you hear the success stories of people you've helped get off the streets? Well, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> you know, it's as, it's as simple as that. It's not it's not anything else. And uh, uh, even though a lot of times, like CNN will call and say, "Well, we want to come in because we hear all the wonderful things you do," and I'm not that interested in awards. Although I've been honored by three presidents and a lot of other things, but I've never applied for any kind of a, an award, whatever, because that to me is not important. But um, it's it's just different, and it works. Do you feel like this is your calling from God? Oh, ab- absolutely. And the number of times that things have, have been in the, in the process that have happened, um, someone asked me, well, this was like uh, a year, year and a half ago, and they were like, have you ever, you know, saved someone's life or whatever? And I said, I don't really want to go into it, but it doesn't. Dozens of situations where people had, or they were in the process of suicide, or this and this and this. And I truly believe that that even though I don't stand in the court and preach to anyone, I truly believe that God put me on this earth to help the poor. And I'll do this the rest of my life. I will not take one day off. Wow. No vacation. No vacation. Nothing. Even now with your third cancer uh, diagnosis, you do not have any plans to stop? Oh, no. Never. Never. And um, they're using some kind of shots or something and, and whatever. I am tired, and I noticed that I think I probably have cut my hours down from where it was always 19, 20 hours since I retired. And I'm probably now at 12 or 13 hours right now, minimum. I mean, I'm... I go out at 9 o'clock at night, 8, 9 o'clock at night, I'm out all night. And then during the day with the different activities, and you can admit, I spend 12 hours in a row on the streets, and then I'm still going to all these different places, thanking people and picking up not just sandwiches but other things um, that uh, there's no, it, it never ends. I never, I, I couldn't, I can't remember the last time I actually, put my head back and said, oh, what do I do today? Because <laughs> I know there's going to be someone that needs some help. There's always someone out there on the streets. And despite this, I'm very conservative. I think everyone should work. So what's another thing is the number of people that some hadn't worked in many, many years. One of my goals is to get as many people working as possible. Because I think in life that's what we're supposed to be doing. For someone who may be in a position where they're like you and they feel this calling to go and do something like this and go and help, what would you say to them if they're kind of hesitant and they're like, well, where do I start? What do I do? What would you say? Well, I'd say connect yourself with an organization, a church or whatever. And uh, I know that I remember a few months ago, one of the businesses did a national meeting and a lot of the people are from from New Mexico. It was kind of funny that uh, here I had a phone call uh, a couple of weeks after they were here for the convention, uh, national convention, for their company, and they were telling me how they were doing tacos for the homeless down in New Mexico and uh, always trying to spread the word that uh, a lot of times I'll say, you know, start your own organization in a small way. 
I've got kids now instead of they're 12 years old or 13 instead of a birthday party. And I don't really um, tell people, I, I, I emphasize, do what you want to do. But if you want to uh, celebrate for birthday or Christmas or something and do something for a uh, homeless, go ahead. Last week I was at a place that they made 1,500 sandwiches and collected, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of pair of socks for the homeless, and basically that's what this little young lady turned 13, that's what they did on her birthday. So it's something that not just it, it's, that, that it's going now, but it's something that I think many of these young people will, in adulthood, continue the same practice. What? And um, it can change lives, believe me. And I just, I look back and I'm, I'm very surprised. I didn't think that when I'm, I'm 75 now, and I didn't think that I was going to be on the streets again now, 12, 13 hours a night. But as I get a little stronger right now, I'll be, I'll be back to 18, 20 hours within a month every day, 18 to 20 hours a day. And, uh, so this is what I truly have to do. And other people, as I said, think this is strange and other organizations think I'm crazy. They'll say, you're out on these streets. By yourself, because it's dangerous too. Minneapolis is not the safest city about. But if you build relationships, that changes. Well, that's it. Plus the fact, uh, of, you know, a lot of people know you, but that many people can't know you. There's so many people. But, uh, as I said, you help someone and it's surprising, uh, how it kind of builds on that. What role has your faith played throughout all of this? Well, as, as I said, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I don't even belong to a church because if I did, I, I joke and say I'd probably be kicked out of the church because I'd never attend <laughs> because I'm in so many other churches on Sunday thanking people. That's one of the days they make sandwiches or go out and speak someplace. But um, I truly believe, as I said, that work is important, and I truly believe that that, that God did put me on this world, this, this earth, to help people. And that's why... I have to do this. No vacations, nothing. I have a younger brother, a year and a half younger, that uh, lives in West Palm Beach, Florida, on Singer Island. <laughs> and uh, and I've got another brother that's got a condo down there. He's a year older, and he's down there a lot of the time. He's a stock worker. He's still, he's still doing what he can as far as that's concerned. But uh, no, no interest. Wow. No interest on vacations. I won't take a day off. And this is what I do. Alan, for people out there that want to learn more about you or want to help you out in any way, how can they go about doing that? Well, even though I get, you, you laugh, I get between 150 and 200 phone calls a day on my T-Mobile flip-up phone. I'm surprised it's working because this phone is four days old, and last night during the night it was at least a third of the people that, that I called or people that called me, uh, we had trouble even listening. I mean, for them to hear me over the phone or, or, or vice versa, whatever, problems. So I'm, I'm really surprised that, that it's working. But my phone number is 612-423-9923. And, um, the, the, you know, the website, www.mrdinc.org. And where they can Google my name. And, uh, I'm kind of old-fashioned. I, mean, I don't have an iPhone or whatever. Someone said, why? And I said, I don't have time to 
to, to do more on the phone than answer 150 or 200 phone calls a day now. And I'm on business. I'm on the street almost the entire day. Um, first 10 years at this place, I didn't sleep one night in a bed. I'd sleep an hour, maybe an hour and a half, sitting in the front seat, put my head back a little bit. And, um, that's it. But the number of times over the years that things happened when I was out on the streets truly makes me believe more than anything else that that's where I have to be. I couldn't be back sleeping, knowing that something, especially with all, all the violence and all the things happening right now. So this is kind of what I'm, I'll be doing the rest of my life. What an inspiring story. Isn't it? It's just incredible. Uh, big thanks to Alan Law for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that on your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.